This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. This is part one of a part two series with my episode with Lisa and Abby. I am obsessed with this episode. It's one of the most thought-provoking, gray area podcast episodes that we've had in a while. And I cannot wait to hear all of your thoughts on exactly what we're talking about today. So thank you so much for tuning in. And again, this is part one of a part two series. So next week's episode will be the second half of this conversation and I cannot wait to get your thoughts. I will talk with you guys soon. Let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The End in Mind. I'm your host, Caitlin. Super excited about today's topic. We're going to be talking about pricing, how pricing relates to your mental health as possibly selling at a higher price or lower price, and also how it can impact people as a mass society. So I'm really excited to have two amazing guests here with me today. One guest is Lisa, who you all know. She has been on our podcast before. So thank you so much for coming back on, Lisa. And we have her longtime friend here, Abby, as well. So I have chatted with these ladies outside of our recording, and we already had such an amazing discussion. We can't wait to share this one with you all today. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having us. I'm Lisa. And as Caitlin said, yes, Abby and I have known each other since high school. This is a really passionate topic. I know Abby and I have talked about this on the side, and Caitlin and I have talked about this on the side. Coming from the mental health world as a mental health therapist and bridging coaching together, pricing has been a challenging topic for me. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into this because all three of us have had lots of thoughts on this. So I'm really excited to dive into this. And I'm Abby and I come out of the world of education, a 20 year career in 
education and I am pivoting well for the last several years, pivoting into the business world and really creating as I go my own role and the way that I want to show up in this. And so that's where the pricing conversation comes in for me. I would probably call myself right now a multifaceted mentor because there's just all of these places that I have passion around helping people with. And so growing a heart-led business is what's happening for me right now in the midst of all the other life. I love it. That's what we're all about here at the end in mind too. A lot of our listeners are either aspiring entrepreneurs, they come from that heart-centered place, or they're trying to figure out what would be heart-centered for them. Maybe it is corporate, you know, and maybe it looks different. And that's something that I'm always sharing on this platform. And I think that what's great about our conversation today as we dive in is pricing can pertain to corporate, to entrepreneurs. I mean, it has such a heavy impact, especially with things like inflation and people struggling post-COVID and all of these things are post-whatever we're in, right? (laughs) This new transition. So what do you both think about pricing and what is kind of your standpoint on, you know, that threshold that maybe sets an offer apart but in a negative way at times with pricing, it's like, how can we even discuss all of these conversations that we see constantly in the coaching world of people saying, you know, sell your car to work with me or sell, you know, something that's really important to us, maybe our house or something that's a necessity. I know I'm shocked by all of this. And I know we've chatted about this before, but I would love for you both to kind of share your perspectives on, you know, rhetoric like that when they're trying to sell to others. So I think that there's something that's happened within our culture right now where we came from coaching being kind of like, it wasn't in everyone's world. And then social media, it became like, oh, here's an industry formed around coaching, right? So there was like the mental health worlds before, which was kind of on its own, like not super talked about. So that's come in, in the last couple of years because of need as like, please access the help that you need when you need it to support yourself in all the areas, like body, mind, soul, like all of it. But then there's this industry that has also kind of sprung up. And I, I mean, what I see, what happens with that is that it's a bit of this like wild west, like frontier where it's like, grab what you can. Right. And, and then the, the energetic around that is like more, more, more mm-hmm. paired with not enough, not enough, not enough. And so that I think is where this like very bizarre, I mean, it, it's bizarre to me. And this is where this conversation had started was like, what is happening where people are being like approached by coaches who, when you look at what a coach is for, it's not for getting for yourself, right? It's for like helping someone lay their path out for their own transformation. So these like bizarre kind of requests of like, well, if, if you, if you really want to do this, then, then make it happen by quite literally like sell your car so that you can have this coaching. To me, that is just wild. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Lisa, what are your thoughts on that 
Well, one, I do agree with Abby. It's because, and I think that's a great analogy for it. It's like the Wild West. And when I visualize that, I visualize the tumbleweeds and like they get stuck and it's like, whatever gets stuck, I'm going to, you know, grab it. By coming from the mental health world as well and bridging those, I value people wanting to get better. And I feel like that shouldn't be unattainable for people. And I feel like a lot of times what happens, and it does happen in the therapeutic world as well. Therapy, as I I think I mentioned in my last podcast with you, is regulated. Coaching is not regulated. And so we do have caps and insurance. And I mean, a lot of therapists that's a whole different topic of insurance because that's a nightmare for therapists to navigate, but we, but most therapists can take insurance. So I I feel like what's for me in particular is if I price myself so high and I'm asking somebody to, you know, basically pay for a house payment or a car payment or basic needs Abraham Maslow's basic needs of safety and survival and all that. I'm asking somebody to take away a need. And and I feel like for me, that, that doesn't feel good in my system because one, I've always known that my purpose is to be there for other people and to navigate that with them. And when I'm asking somebody who can't afford it. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It feels like I'm just replacing, you know, one need for another kind of thing. So I cringe when I, and I've actually gotten on people's newsletters to kind of see some of these things. And Caitlin, I know I've, I've sent you some of these, like, oh my goodness, like, you know, coaches who are asking like 11,000 dollars a month because then they're promising this outcome when we know that that reality is that's your internal work you have to, like you have to do that work but then it brings up the topic that we we've talked about before it's um you know I'm not judging them I'm not coming from a place like good for you like you've created this business that's amazing however for me personally like that's a line that I personally am not willing to cross. And I am always willing to work with people, even if the, what I'm pricing can't fit into their, but like, if they're like, Ooh, I can't pay that this month. And I'm like, okay, well then let's figure this out. Like payment plans, you know, you can stretch this out. You can't, because I just feel like this isn't about money. I feel like it's more about integrity and more about like, you know, making the world a better place. And so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah. And I think what you both are describing, and of course, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but it's really, at least how I see it as well, is it's their own limiting beliefs, you know, around money, that when you're creating this scarcity tornado for your clients, when you're actually exactly how Abby said, supposed to be providing a solution to their problems. Like that's where my concern comes in is how much is that scarcity impacting their clients more than, you know, the outcome that they may be getting. And I know from my own experience, when I've worked with coaches that have promised me, you know, at the end of this program, 
you'll have a full course. Everyone will want to be in it. Like, let's set that intention. And I come out the end of the course, I'm broke and I have no one enrolled in my course. And there was a level of frustration there at myself, but also at my business, which it was difficult for me to separate the two and also take my own ownership around it. You know, that I had willingly gone into this situation and put, allowed myself to go into scarcity and took on those beliefs and working with a few coaches as they've now evolved that they don't do that anymore. Thank goodness. But it really is how they're selling it. Um, that's what bugs me the most. And the money, of course, you know, we all have our beliefs around money, but it's the words that they're using. Like they can't make these promises to people exactly how we're talking about when their basic need is being thrown out the window in the process. So I'd love to know your opinions on that as well. Like, do you both believe that it's the words and the promises that they're also giving that seems a little bit shady at times? It's like, how can you even know? You know, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Yeah. It's almost like there's two, there's two aspects to this conversation. One is the pricing piece of like what's in resonance as an individual, like knowing your own threshold and what you're looking for and what you want to engage with. So that if someone's approaching you, this is what I have to offer. Like you are very clear for yourself. Yes. I'm in resonance with that or no, I'm not like that goes over my threshold and I can say no and like feel grounded in my own body around that, in my own mind, my own thoughts. Right. So that's one piece. And then there's this other piece that is around the messaging and the selling piece. And like, what is the messaging around what transformation is being offered? And that goes deeper into like the bigger, yeah, even what I mentioned earlier, like the cultural piece around marketing and selling from pain points and going in and language around those versus a little bit of what we were talking about before, which is like, this is what I can actually offer in my integrity. And I speak from that place so that the offer that I've articulated, people are clear on what I'm offering. I'm clear on what I'm offering so that my, my potential clients or customers are clear on what I'm offering. Right. And then that the result is aligned and true and honest, you know, it's not like making claims above and beyond what's actually the truth. So it's like, there's these two aspects to this conversation that overlap and they can, they can, they can have that overlap where you're like, eh, this feels yucky. Like, what is that? Is it around the pricing piece? Is it around the messaging piece? Is it around both? Mm -hmm. And then maybe even there's this third piece of like tuning into your own wisdom and knowing like, what are my scarcity thoughts or what are my fear-based thoughts that are hooking me into that narrative, whichever it is. And how do I grow through so that I can hear myself clearly in saying, yes, I want to pursue that or no, thank you. That's not for me. You know, that's where the wobble is. It's like, we are learning because we're in this new frontier. And so the provider is learning, right? Which even what you're saying, like people have gone through these stages of development. So the providers are learning and the, the clients are learning, the customers are learning like, this is okay with me. This is not okay with me. I love that point of view. 
provider and customer. So I don't disagree with that. What Abby's saying, like I do, I totally agree where what comes up for me as she's talking about that is that's beautiful. If we've gone through our personal development, like the goal, right? So like what she's talking about totally makes sense. If we're in alignment with ourselves and in tune and in touch with ourselves enough. And I think where we're seeing part of the problem is that those people aren't there yet, whether they're coaches or whether they're customers. And that's where maybe the wobbliness comes from. Because as you were talking, Abby, I was thinking about like, whoa, this also applies to mental health therapy too. Like this isn't just coaches. This is providing a service in general where it's like, we're in, we are in this new frontier. This has been something that's always bothered me. Anybody can call themselves a coach. Like I talked about that in the last episode or podcast with you is anybody can call themselves a coach. The the reason I, I think there's a lot of value in coaching 100%. And, you know, I think about mental health and it's like, we are regulated. However, that doesn't mean that people aren't overpricing. People aren't, therapists aren't overpricing. I, I heard somewhere that, you know, there was this one person who was like, I've been to like five or six different therapist. And I get it. Like there's a lot of good and bad out there, but I think it goes back to what we've talked about before is how do we find what feels good for us? And I think coming out of the pandemic, people were are in a position where they no longer want to work their nine to five. They know like it really got a lot of people shifting into this, like, oh, I don't have to do that. This feels better, but I'm not sure what that is yet. And so we're coming, I think that's why the coaching world just like really like took off, but nobody knows how to navigate it yet. So we are in the beginning stages of that. Then that's where that pricing comes in, right? Then it's like, oh, well, I have to, I have to make a living. I mean, we, you know, like, so I don't know. That's just what was coming up for me when you were talking, Abby, is you said it a lot more eloquently, but it just feels like there are these other layers and these other pieces that go to this. And 100%, it's also our own issues or, or, or blocks around money, for sure. Like, it's also trying to navigate, like, why are you doing this? Mm. You know, like, what is your, your reasoning, you know, behind this? So as a coach or as the client, both, maybe that's a good question. Both. I was thinking a coach, but as you say that, I think as a client too, like, what is your intention going into this? And again, tell me what you guys think about this, but I feel like, you know, doing our own personal growth and, and, and taking a look at our own stuff is really what's going to always propel us forward. Otherwise, we're going to stay stuck, right? And we have to have these conversations. And I know, Caitlin, one of the things I, I always express to you, and I express this to Abby all the time, is one of the things I love about my conversations with Abby is her and I can can have these conversations, even if we don't agree on something. We hear each other, we listen, we like, huh, I hadn't thought about it like that. Let me sit with that. Yeah. And we respect each other's opinions on things in a way that I, as a whole, we don't do. Yeah. 
And therefore we're having this discord of like, I'm kind of seeing people talk about this industry as like, you know, like, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good. But we're not really deeply having these conversations where that is not okay. Yes. Whereas in the therapy world, you could get your license taken away. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Legitimately get it. Like you no longer can be a therapist anymore. But in the coaching world, you can. So I think about people's mental health after like Caitlin, you and I've talked about this after you've gone through some coaching, you know, and, and people and I have another client who was like, I was really screwed up after a coach. Yeah, I'm sure. I was told yeah. X, Y and Z. Yeah. And so for me, I come from this place of like our psyche is so delicate And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that there's like so much that comes into this that we really have to be cognizant of that. Yeah. I have so many thoughts, but I want to let Abby chime in because I have a feeling she has some golden knowledge to share with us. (laughs) I don't don't know about that, but I was just thinking when you said like, we can totally have differences of opinions. Like you are very clear on your like, If you're a coach, there's like a certification. If you're trauma certified, there's like this, right? And I see way more gray around this. And this is one of the things that we've talked about. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even on your last podcast that you did together, it really got me thinking like, huh, like what are the implications of this? And I was, I was, I was really reflecting because one, my own kind of journey into what certifications do I, or do I not want to pursue has been part of this for me. And so not pursuing a coaching certification has been very intentional up to this point. The other piece that you were talking about, about trauma-informed got me really thinking about, you know, and I think that maybe this is, this is like a piece where, where you and I can like dance around and it does open our perspectives where I'm very like self-responsibility is key and you are very like, but we need to watch out for other people. (laughs) There's this, like, it's, it's not opposing. It's almost like an inverse relationship. So when you were talking about the trauma piece, I was like, huh, I was relating it to something like physical trauma, where it's like, if you have a physical trauma, like a broken bone or like a burst organ or something like, yes, you need to go to somebody who really knows what they're doing for that depth and severity of trauma. And then I was like, but if it's something that's like, can you work through a physical trauma on your own? Or can you look up or call a friend and be like, huh, like, if it's not a trauma to that depth. Right. And I, and I think that there's this piece of in my own trauma work and then looking outward at the world again, like I do really feel like there's this element of like self-responsibility and like self-awareness and self-efficacy and like building skills and depth of awareness around self is is part of the like next, I don't know. It's like part of our next like iteration as humans, instead of being like, look over here. Can you fix me with this? Look outside. Can you do this for me? Right? Like this element of coming from within. So anyways, I do feel like that's one of the places where it's like, 
I can see super clearly how, yeah, that inverse relationship is at play. And I love it so much that we can have conversations around it. We have juicy conversations for sure. Hopefully we get to hear more soon. (laughs) And and again, not that I disagree with Abby, what you're describing is like utopia to my, in my mind. It's like, yes, that's the world I would love that we could get to. I don't think we're all there yet. Like, so I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I hope we can get to that place. My concern comes more from, and the reason I really preface people being trauma-informed is because I have witnessed people who have tried to work with other people who have gone through some severe trauma and have been more traumatized. Yeah. And, and I mean, so, I'll say that coming out of this public schooling system, system. it's yeah, exactly, exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's not, again, it's not that I disagree with you. It's that, and one of the things I adore and love you so much about is that this world that you see so clearly in your mind is like, oh my God, I hope someday we can live that. You, like, there's just this, like, uh, this beauty around the way that you see the world, because I'll just say this to the audience, Abby, I swear she's like a future seer. She always is like three or four steps ahead of the world. Like always. I'm telling you this conversation, you listen to this podcast a year from now and I guarantee we'll be exactly where Abby just said. Like there's some, she's just so in tune to those things. And so that's why I think she was saying that, you know, when we have these conversations, it's not even that we necessarily agree, disagree. It's that we are piecing these these things together. Yeah. And, and so for me, it's, you know, I, I'm talking about people who have been severely traumatized, you know, sexually, physically, verbally growing up. And then haven't really worked on it or kind of understand that they've been traumatized or compartmentalized it or, you know, these sort of things. And and then going to somebody who says they're a trauma-informed coach, that's where I find it very dangerous. And it's not somebody who's self-aware. So, for example, and I shared this with Caitlin not going to go into details, but I shared this with Caitlin is that, you know, I, I've had, I was traumatized, had trauma kindergarten through um, fifth grade. And I've done a lot of work, somatic work, EMDR. I've done a ton of work around my trauma. And I recently had a memory come up that I had compartmentalized and had locked away And I was doing my own work, doing some deep imagining and some intense work around um, business and why I wasn't show how, what was going on, what was keeping me from showing up. And all of a sudden this deeply rooted memory that I had locked away came up and I was like, whoa, I thought I did not even know that that was there. Now, because I've done tons of work and I know my resources and I know where to reach out and I know all of these things, it was, I was able to shift through that very quickly. Yeah. And, but if I had not done all of that and I was working with somebody and that came up, that could have easily sent me into a psychotic break. And so that's where I get this really wanting to honor people 
you know, what Abby's describing is, like I said, like that, that place I really want us to all get to. And I think it's a beautiful place until we get there. Here's what I want people to be aware of, I guess is kind of my point. It's so beautifully said how both of you do exactly piece things together. I had actually written that down. Like what you both are saying are the same, but different. And I think that the way that they bridge is that it has to start with the self in order to make the impact, which is what we've all talked about before. It's like, you have to do your own work in order to be able to make the impact. But the issue with this pricing piece that we're talking about and the marketing and the rhetoric is that these people are, it's so subconscious. Like what you described, Lisa, there's so many levels to this healing. I'm embarking on this journey too. And every day it's a new thing and it feels so raw, you know, and it's scary to do this. <laughs> like I understand why people don't and they would rather just slap up some marketing and try and build a business, you know, but the reality is, is that me as an ethical, moral person started to see what was happening when I wasn't doing my work. And I did not like that version of myself. And I think so many people, they have the money coming in. So it's easier to just bury your head under the sand. And that's kind of this bridge that we're talking about as being an educated buyer, when you are looking for a coach, you have to do your own work in order to be able to see like subconsciously what's going on here. Thank you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.